Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. So you've not been very well this week. How are you feeling? Well, Nicola, I've had another episode, um, which is my inner ear disease which gives me vertigo and vomiting many airs is it called it's called many airs disease yeah and it makes me completely deaf so i'm even more saying to you hey what did she say hey or, or more likely you're saying nick <laughs> nick so i'm lying in bed with, with my bowl i say to nicola where's my bowl where's my bowl and a hand comes up and, and a hand comes me. up i've got my eyes closed i'm in darkness and i go nick and she goes i'm here and I go, hey? And then I go, Nick? And she oh, goes, yeah. I'm here. And I'm trying to leave to go and do something. And she, and literally, it's like, do you ever see the Hammer House of Horrors where the hand comes out of the coffin and it grips you on your arm and you can't move? This was doing that to me, literally. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm a very good patient. You're not a very good patient. You're quite a good carer, though. Am I? No, don't get any ideas. You know, get any ideas? Everyone kept saying to me, like, because I spoke to the doctor to get some medication and stuff. Are you Liz's carer? I was, well, sort of. Certainly at the moment, I'm not. I'm not that good a carer. No, you're better with animals. I'm better. I'm better with animals. And my poor dogs, <laughs> they had their paws over their ears because <laughs> all we kept hearing was Nick, <laughs> don't leave me. <laughs> so- well, now you've recovered, thankfully. Well, yes, Ish. momentarily. Momentarily. We'll keep popping you the pills. We'll be fine. Um, we had a really nice letter from Alan. Well, yes, we're having a reader's letter to begin with this week we to are. ring the changes. We are. We're just switching it around to keep you on your toes. So, lovely Annie sent a letter and she said, Hello, Nicola, just listen to your podcast. Please it's not your podcast. Leave her alone. I like Annie. Please, could we hear more about what you have been reading as I've found some really good books from Why your Why is she reviews. just addressing you? Because she likes my books. She likes Briony. Oh, you so. go and work for Briony. <laughs> I would if she paid more. I'm, I'm up for whoever pays the most. I'm, I'm not being funny. And she also says she's got a question for us. Are we settled in Yorkshire? We'll come back to Yorkshire in the letter No, we section. don't want to ask about that. We've done that before. You're so mean. Poor Annie. She's obviously not been paying attention, You're just using Annie for the bit you like. Poor Annie. Well, Annie, <laughs> I've been reading a book this week on my deathbed in between yelling Nick. And I was a bit late to this book because sometimes I'm a bit late to books when I know they're going to be really, really good because it's I'm just going to think, oh, that's really good and it's much better than mine. But I did get round to reading it, and it was one, two, three, four, The Beatles in Time, and it's Craig Brown, who's a colleague of mine. He probably doesn't know I exist. Well, he does, actually. It's all about The Beatles. It's a very personal book, and it's absolutely brilliant. You you absolutely can't put it down, and I look forward to reading it. And it's so funny. Nick won't think this is funny because she doesn't like The Beatles. I don't like The Beatles, no. 
He's got a chapter about the worldwide live broadcast of All You Need Is Love. All you need is love. Da, 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 da. And that was June 1967. And I remember watching it on telly and all my dad kept saying was, they're all a bunch of long-haired layabouts. Love your dad. Love your And they're dad. all in hippie bells and flowers, flowers in the microphone, flowers in the headphones. And oh. this is Craig Brown writing. And so is Ringo acting the hippie in a purple silk jacket with beads, but, despite the effort, still looking the obliging bus conductor. <laughs> but doesn't that sum up Ringo? He's just like a bus conductor. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's absolutely, absolutely brilliant. brilliant. But you'll like this bit, Nick. There's okay. a very spooky paragraph. Love a bit spooky. In 1969... That's before I was born. 11 years before John was murdered. 1969. It was two years after the Beatles' manager, Brian Epstein, died of an accidental overdose. So Brian Epstein had been dead two years. There was a film made by the BBC called 24 Hours, The World of John and Yoko. And you can still watch it on YouTube. So this is absolutely true. You can go on YouTube and watch this. The beginning of the film, lying on a bed, John reads out a letter he received to Yoko. Dear Mr Lennon, from information I received while using a Ouija board, I believe there will be an attempt to assassinate you. The spirit that gave me this information was Brian Epstein. And they Ooh. both laugh. Ooh. So Brian Epstein tried to warn John Lennon that he was going to be assassinated. And John just laughed. No, he's not laughing now, is he? Isn't that spooky? That is really spooky. That is, but I love that. I love, I love a bit of spooky. So I love this book. One, two, three, four. It's absolutely fantastic. It reads so easily, but you just know the myopic amount of pain and reading and watching and listening that Craig Brown would have gone into, but it reads so easily. Yeah. It just absolutely. That's an art, though, isn't it? It's an absolute art. You don't make yeah. it look difficult. So I've given him a rave review for that book, despite. <laughs> the fact that Craig Brown, in private eye, wrote a spoof of my column in You magazine, even though he's a colleague. When we were up, we, we were both up for columnist of the year three years ago, which was the last time the ceremony took place. We were on the same table. He didn't even speak to me. But he did write a spoof of my column. I didn't read it in private eye. Private eye are very anti-me because I'm not a posh middle-aged white man but all my readers rallied and emailed me and said Liz can you see what Craig Brown's written in private eye Liz Liz, Liz can you see so I didn't read it I I was doing a Megan and not reading my own press but the proof is he reads you because otherwise he wouldn't be able to write a spoof column but you don't read him well like apparently it wasn't a very good spoof okay. so this leads me nicely in a nice segue to an unusual archive and it was the back page of a broadsheet daily newspaper by John Crace. And what John Crace does is he takes the book of the week and he digests it so you don't have to read it. That's quite a good thing to do. Yes, and he yeah. digests it into about 200 words and then he just does it as one line. So this is the archive of John Crace's digested read of the first... Six, seven years of my column, very hard work, never get a week off. That was all published in Liz so. Jones's diary, which was my first book, and he digested it in this broadsheet, very left-wing broadsheet. 
There are two. So this is him writing as me. Have we got the Have we got the gist of what's going on? We've got the gist. Okay. Crack on. We've got the gist. This is John Crace trying to be me. It's very funny. There are two reasons why I've never had much interest from men. One, I've set my sights ridiculously high. <laughs> Over the years, I've tried to date Prince, Justin Timberlake, James Bond and Homer Simpson. I am neurotic, bordering on the certifiable. Millennium Eve, I think Kevin is my boyfriend because we had sex and he stayed longer than 30 <laughs> minutes. Millennium Eve, I have an oily bath waiting for him to call. March 19, 2000. The bath is cold. He still hasn't called. I ring my best friend Jeremy to find out what to do. Don't call him, he says. I dial Kevin's number. Will you marry me, I beg? No. April 20th. My three cats think I might still have a chance with Kevin. The phone rings. A man wants to interview me about my job in the media. His name is Nurple. He's 26 years old and I think we're going to get married. <laughs> April 24, he calls. Do you want to go out to dinner, he says. You're paying. Of course, I reply. April 28th, the boyfriend looks into my eyes. How old are you? 31, I lie. In fact, I'm 36. Hmm, he says. Your plastic surgery makes you look a great deal older. <laughs> That's mean, isn't it? <laughs> it's great, though. August 15th, 2000, the boyfriend has moved in and I'm being nice. He is allowed to sit on my £10,000 sofa. I'm like Boris Johnson without washing obsessively first, and he can cuddle me in bed, providing there's a pillow between us and he doesn't disturb the cats. September 2000, the boyfriend moved out on my birthday. Please come back, I plead. I'll buy you a PlayStation and let you write your novel at home while I pay for everything. Throw in a car and I'll think about it, he says. October 10, 2002, it's our wedding day. I've spent £20,000 hiring Babington House. I've done it. I'm married. July... 2003. The husband staggers into the room. I now weigh 17 stone, he gasps. You've fattened me up because you hope I'll never leave you. Women do still fancy me, you know. I don't think so. <laughs> December 2003. You treat me like a pet, the husband moans. This is not true. I treat him far worse. The cats get fresh tuna and are allowed to sit near me. April 2004. The husband says he's feeling unfulfilled and wants a baby. OK, I say, let's buy one. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. May 2004. The counsellor asks if I've considered the cultural implications of adopting an Indian child. No, I reply thoughtfully. I've never been to the Calcutta branch of Prada. September 2004. Not sure I want a baby anymore, the husband says. November 2004. The husband has been doing yoga and has lost two stone. I think he's going to leave me. Do you love me, I ask. Don't be so needy, he says. I'm watching Sky Sports 1. February 2005. I've got a book deal, the husband yells. I'm off travelling by myself. See you around. And then he does the digested read, digested, the untreatable in pursuit of the unspeakable. That. I'm sorry, I should be loyal, but that's bloody fantastic. <laughs> that's absolutely brilliant. I wonder brilliant. what Nurple thought of that, of his dialogue in The Guardian. I actually imagine he thought it was brilliant. It's hilarious. But I actually wrote to John Crace and I said, that was a brilliant spoof, thank you so much for writing it, and he never replied. <laughs> well, his job was done, His wasn't job it? was done. Miserable <laughs> git. <laughs> it's like when I interview someone famous, they generally try to remain friends with me, don't they? 
Yeah, it's true, actually. Ex-Oasis wives. Sometimes I adopt a little friend as well along the way. Do you? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> so what have you been up to this week, Nick, apart from caring for me? Well, my new role, my new role in my contract now as carer, Nick. <laughs> um, I want to start off with a little bit of a whinge Go about on, the NHS. I'm going to have a whinge because they're now... But we might need them soon, mightn't no, we, if I'm, I go downhill? I'm, I'm, well, I'm not doing this permanently. I've got to be honest. I mean, two sleepless nights and, and vomit in a bowl. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my foot down. So, <laughs> <laughs> but they are, they are recommending fishing to improve your mental health. Do you want to know how much that's annoyed me? And they've got these experts on Good Morning this morning saying... It's all about being at one with nature. It's so good for you. What about, well, the, poor it, what fish? about the bloody fish? What about the poor fish? I'm just going to have a swim this morning. I'm just going to go off down this river. Oh, oh. So, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm going to help my mental health by torturing another species. But even some of the people who fish, they put them back. It's still trauma. It's still hooking in their mouth. I mean, it just I was so angry. I was shouting at the screen. You're still interfering with wildlife. Well, it's not exactly at one with nature, is it? I don't think the fish would agree. Go cycling. Go boating. Bird watching. Lay on the sun lounge. Do something that doesn't hurt something else because that Bird is going to damage your mental health. Well, I'm just like, have you not got... I, I think they do it to escape the wives. I do. Yeah, I think like they're golf. lazy men that don't want to flipping do anything useful at home, so they go and sit. The NHS should really have a directive. If you don't want to empty the dishwasher, go fishing. Yeah. Or actually, rather than avoiding doing anything at home and being useless and then going and sitting and doing nothing with a fishing line... Go and get some actual exercise. That will do your mental health much better. So that's yeah. my rant. I'm very angry. Very angry. So I've also, I've been having a clear out. I've realised now we're coming out of lockdown. I've lost £23 now. I so, thought you was, were going to mean clearing out everything in your car. No, 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 no. I need everything in my car. That's my mobile office. I've got horse rugs. I've got feed. I've got dog coats. I've got walnuts and Brazil nuts in case I need a snack. There's everything in my car I could need. When I had to stay here the other night, I had toothbrush, toothpaste and clean knickers. She had this awful, awful dressing gown. It should be burnt. It's just awful. How did you see the dressing gown? Because you were laying there with your hands over your eyes. I'm sure it's glittery. I'm sure it's from next as well. It's grey and glittery. I look a bit like a Yeti. Who wears a glittery dressing gown? I'll tell you what, though. I was nice and warm. So, anyway. So... I've been going through my stuff because I'm starting to fit in things now. Why? Why do we leave everything for best? I was going through all my stuff and I'm like, I haven't worn that. I haven't worn that since I was last thin. Why haven't I worn that? All my stuff I don't wear. I save everything for the best and I never wear it. Well, you don't wear it because you put weight on. Well, No, but I also don't wear it because I have this system. Like, I have something for best and then it gets a bit shabby so it goes for, like, the yard. And then I look like a tramp like when I'm doing the horses, and I'm just not doing that no, anymore. No, I think you should wear a sweatshirt with Team Liz written on it. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Identify. <laughs> Liz Jones carer. <laughs> so I'm not doing that anymore. I'm wearing all my nice stuff. I'm wearing, like, your nice is different to mine. Don't pull faces. I know it's next, but it's nice to me. I found a 20... 20- what have you worn that's nice? What do you mean, what have I worn that's Go nice? Go on, give me an example. Well, these are new jeans. They're nice, and I'm wearing them for work. 
don't pull faces. I like these jeans. Yeah, ten... You're supposed to wear jumpers. They were ten pounds. I'm not riding today. She always says she got they them off eBay pound, for a pound. They were ten pounds in Matalan, and they're really flattering. And you're and nice. wearing your like all, Saint, all Saints caterpillar boots. I am. I'm wearing my caterpillar boots. <laughs> but no, I'm just in general. I'm squirting myself for me good perfume. I'm just not. I'm using my granite sherry glasses. I'm just not leaving everything because it's like you're a not using her. Um... Baby sham glasses. Baby sham glasses, are oh, you? Yeah. I'm not using her baby sham glasses. I live in I Hope reckon they're, they're worth, worth a lot, lot of money, well, those baby sham are, glasses. So I'm not risking anything that's worth money. So, and I thought, great, so I'm getting all my clothes out. So I said to Martin, we haven't been away on his birthday. We normally go away for his birthday for the Do night. Do you? I've never noticed. Well, it haven't for the last couple of years because of my gallbladder infection and lockdown. So I said, let's do something this year because we I thought he was organising it. You well, told me that Martin's organising a mini break and now you're lying. Let me finish the story. Let me finish the story, Jones. So I said, well, I don't let him organise anything, really, because it won't get done. He's useless and he'll do something I hate. So I thought, no, no, I complain that he organises nothing. I give him a hard time. And then I said to him, I'm going to organise. And he said, no, I'll do it. And I thought, okay, don't say no, don't say, and I'm, you know, like when you're biting your fist because you, I don't, I want him to offer to organise it, but I don't want him to do it because it'll be rubbish. And I thought I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm thinking, great, I can get clothes, I can dress up, I can What's put he makeup on. Well, his next bloody sentence was, "We're going to need to buy a tent." Ah, <gasps> oh, we're going to need to buy a tent, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? Need to buy a tent? I want room service. I want someone else to cook my dinner." And I want a bath. So he's like, no, no, we're going to do it my way this year. And I'm like, what, what do you mean, free? Free. Go, and go on a, a top of a mountain Don't and freeze. Do it. I'm not doing it. We've had all this time in lockdown. I want to put makeup on. I want to put heels on. I want to put a dress on. Don't take that dressing gown, though. I haven't lost £23 to wear flipping joggers and a caterpillar boots. I'm just not doing it. Leave my dressing gown alone. I'd need that in a tent. It's warm. Don't go in a tent now. I'm not going in a tent. I'm not going in a tent. So that's a no. But I need to tell him in a tactful way because I don't want to put him off offering to do things, but I'm not going in a tent. I'm not the tent type. Send him a text. What? I'm not going in a tent. I'm not, well, I've got, I've got rules. Send, a, send an emoji of a tent being like invaded with, by bears. With, with, <laughs> but he knows I'd like the bears. I've got to rules. I don't do bodily fluids, and I'm adding to that. I don't do tents. No. Well, I the only time I've stayed in a tent was at Glastonbury, and I kept telling them to turn the music off. But why? Where do you go to the toilet? I didn't go for three days. Oh. I reabsorbed. Well, I'm I'm not being funny. I'm really concerned about the toilet thing. I'm just I'm no, no. But I have got a nice thing to tell you, which I haven't told you. For the next two days, I'm going to be a little stepmum. Who's I've who? got a house, guys. A little lamb. I'm babysitting a little pet oh, lamb. Oh, but is it going to be eaten? No, no, no. It's a rescue lamb. It's a rescue lamb. But is it going to be eaten eventually? No, no. It, it rescued. Rescued. Proper rescued. But what will happen to it after it's grown up? It's going to just live its life out happily, eating grass and being spoiled. But you can't have a lamb on its own. It needs its comrades. No, it's got all its friends, but it's a, it's a third one in a triplets, and the mum couldn't feed them all, and it's a little bit runty. So you're going to get three sheep? So I've got... No, no. I'm just looking after this one for someone else, because they're going away they've rescued it oh. so I'm babysitting so on the way home I've got to go and get some nappies and um I've got to do me formula so I'm literally gonna be that's what annoyed me about lamb. 
my friends Kate and William, they went to a farm near Darlington just before they've been celebrating their your ten friend, year your anniversary. Friend, your friends, Kate and Will. Yes, yes, Megan. <laughs> And they went to a farm near Darlington. It was on the telly and they were cuddling lambs and they saw all the cameras for the calves. But they don't show the lambs and the calves being carted off to no, have their throats no, slit. No, I thought that was hypocritical because I bet you went home and had your Sunday lunch. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I bet it wasn't that roast. But I won't have a word said against Kate, though, really. You just did. Well, I know, but apart from that... <laughs> But do you remember I covered their wedding, Nick? You did. For you did. the Mail on Sunday. You did. And, oh no, it was for the Daily Mail, sorry. I covered their wedding for the Daily Mail because they got married on a Friday, I think. No idea. I just remember when Diana died. And I, it was such a big assignment for me to cover the wedding dress and everything. So I left early and I drove to Kensington in my BMW and I was on the Marylebone flyover and my car broke down and I just abandoned it because I knew I couldn't be late for Kate and William's wedding. I just left it in the middle of the dual carriageway. I'm surprised you didn't shout, Nick. Nick! <laughs> So sorry to interrupt, Liz, but we have a very important announcement that might just interest your listeners. There's another Mail on Sunday podcast and it could change your life. It's called Medical Minefield. Yes, where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. And that's with me, Barney Kalman, the Mail on Sunday's health editor. And me, Eve Simmons, the deputy health editor. Find us at mailplus.co.uk. So do you want a little preview of the column on Sunday? Go for it. I have two dates in two days. Crack on. Make up for lost time. That's pretty good going for an old bird, isn't it? Well, you're not doing bad. You've been making up for a lot of lost time. And this is the first time in 21 years that I've been double parking. And I came up with the term double parking. And that means, strictly speaking, it means you go out with two different men and have sex with two different men in one weekend. But my two dates in two days had to be on a weekday because of lockdown, everywhere was booked up at the weekend, so it had to be on a weekday. And I didn't have sex with either of them, but I don't want to to bastardise my column. You need to be in suspense. Right. So because I've got two dates in two days, it's a competition. One, (laughs) how many compliments does each one give me? More importantly, how genuine do they sound? Very important. Two... Does he squint at the menu and say, I forgot my glasses, so let's get the waiter to read out every option? Or does he just say, I'll have the same as you, thanks? Three, is he willing to quiz the chef about the provenance of the stock for the soup? Me, is it vegan? Go and find out. Absolutely. Four, how many minutes before he makes me laugh? Five, can he name that collie? Six, Does he ask about my new wall hanging? Which is very hard for man number two because he's never heard of it and he doesn't know of its existence. Everyone knows about your wall hanging that reads or Not man number two. (laughs) Well, that's not really fair. Seven. When the bill arrives, does he slip a black credit card discreetly into the envelope with a look that doesn't say, don't worry, it's on me, I'm getting full sex later? Eight, does he say, you won't write about this, will you? Nine, 
Does he say at any point, I thought you'd stop drinking? <laughs> Ten, has he brought dog poo bags? If not, why not? Right, I suppose that depends if he has a dog, to be fair. Yeah, but he knows I've got them. And he knows last time I went to this place, Gracie did a runny poo and I had to use a linen napkin. Oh, God. Yeah, we won't revisit that. It was still banned. You're still banned. Well, I think all the staff have left or died or something, so they didn't really seem to remember. No one girl did remember. You just crept in. You've gone undercover. She said, how's the famous Gracie? (laughs) And I thought, well, famous for what? (laughs) So my column is all about two dates in two days. That's quite exciting, then. Which is something of a record. Did you do you have to remember the right name now? Because when I used to have like multiple dates, I used to call them all darling or something, so I didn't mix the names up. No, this wasn't multiple. This was just two. I'm not, you know, from Loughton. Um, <laughs> the funny thing in this Sunday's column, when you book online and you book your date and you book your time and you book what allergies you have and everything, it says, "What's the purpose of the date?" And it's, yeah, I've never had this before. And it says business, birthday, family get-together, date. So on both these entries on Open Table, I had to put date. But it was two different men, so now they think I'm a prostitute. That's great. But it used to be normal, didn't it? We used to go out with different men. It was a normal I never thing. did. No, but like, because it wasn't serious, was it? You'd go out with someone and have a drink, and then you'd go out another night with someone else and have dinner... And until you got into a relationship, there wasn't... It, it was just... You weren't sleeping with them or anything. No, but it sounds it was, quite tiring. Well, no, it's very tiring when you when you start losing their names. But that was quite normal in the old days, wasn't it? You, no. you date different men. No, like, I was too busy. Did. No, my mum did. My mum used to no. have different dates. You mean she didn't have sex with them? No, it was like when she was young, she'd sort of have... To, and I did the same. It just we I think nowadays. Men, I think men nowadays expect sex, though, don't they? I think so, but also nowadays things seem to get very serious. Very well, quickly. the options on open table wasn't business meeting, birthday date, sex, so it was just date. So I just ticked date for both of them. So they probably had a wry smile as I turned up with someone well, maybe else. Maybe next time they'll put like date with sex, date without sex, so you can make a choice. <laughs> You can read this week's diary in full on the Man on Sunday's You magazine. Do you want to hear another archive? Yeah, let's do and it. This is the origin of double parking. This is April 2000. I finally went for dinner with the man I've been in love with for over a year. We went to a restaurant near his home. Well, that's a bad thing for a start, isn't it? Never go to a restaurant near their home. Always make them come to you. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He was late. Despite the fact that I had a bit of a cream thing going on, buttery trousers, a milky pashmina, pale hair, he didn't pass comment on my appearance. I probably run 25 miles a week, but nothing. He didn't touch me once. He told me about a couple of performances he'd been to see at the jazz cafe, Yawn. Hey, I said, I'd forgotten about this. I was emboldened by the organic wine. And bear in mind, I'd only taken up drinking four months before. I asked him if he wanted to go to the world premiere of Joaquin Cortez's flamenco, really authentic Spanish flamenco with incredible live music. And do you know what he said? What did he say? No. It's not really my sound. But you had to pretend to like jazz. 
Well, I did, but he didn't pretend to like flamenco, so, did he? No, no, that, see, that had been first He didn't last pay night. for dinner. I remember looking at my watch and thinking, if I leave now, I can get home in time for Frasier. The next night, I went for dinner with someone who emailed me saying he wanted to pick my brains about websites. I've forgotten he did that. What a chat-up line. Dear Liz, I want to pick your brains about websites. Why on earth did I marry him? You fell for it. You went. And that he would pay. When I sat down opposite him at the table, this is man number two, the next day, double parking, and we went to Raza, the vegetarian Indian in Stoke Newington High Street. I said to him, I don't know anything about websites. Neither do I, he said. It was just a pretext to get you to go out with me. When I asked him, bear in mind, I was the editor of a very important glossy and he was a work experienced 26-year-old BBC Radio London. He said, when he first saw me, I was wearing a tight white T-shirt, Prada, and he could see all the muscles in my stomach. Men are such simple creatures, aren't they? Yeah. So it took 21 years, very long spa-riddled years, for me to double park again. So I think we should have some balloons. With some champagne balloons. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, crack on. At least he actually noticed your summer, but do you notice there how you're buttery and milky and pale? Yes. The Not reason just cream. I, the reason I don't use normal non-fashion things the reason me and Kate Middleton don't is because we've sat front row at fashion shows you always get a little brochure of telling you what every outfit is and they say there's going to be an ebony jacket with a buttery silk shirt in charmeuse and there's going to be a pistachio skirt they never use normal colors so that's where I get it from oh, I see I thought it was just your sort of no it's from the fashion next. shows they describe every outfit and they try and do it in as highfalutin a way as possible Every week, lots of you get in touch telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. Do you want to hear what the readers have been saying? Yes, are they still alive with us? Yes, we have. We've got, actually, we've got some lovely emails. And my favourite one, I have to say... Don't go back to the woman at the beginning again. We've had enough of her. (laughs) Poor woman. Poor woman. She was lovely. You're just just sore because she said she listened to my podcast. (laughs) You're just sore. No, we're going to Menai. Um, Menai? Well, M-E-N-I. I don't know. How do I pronounce that? I don't know. I thought it was rather pretty. So she says, um, just listen to your... She's our favourite person, you'll see why. Just listen to your 9th of April episode. You and Nick are amazing. To say you are both animal lovers is an understatement. You're passionate about welfare and a cruelty-free world, something I dream of. It's a drop in the ocean, but you're inspirational. That's kind, isn't Aww. it? You couldn't say anything nicer to us than that, could, no. could anyone? No one could say anything nicer. Um, she says she's been a vegetarian for 45 years. But she's promised herself and her nieces that she will be vegan from this day forward. She wants to save her mum's sheep and her babies. She loves the podcast. 
So, so we're she's converting them one at a time. She's gone vegan. Isn't that fantastic? That's like, that literally made my heart jump for joy. It really did. Even if Martin bought me flowers, I wouldn't be that pleased. I'd be more shocked. He'd probably but, nick, them off, nick them off the verge, wouldn't no, he? he? No, he has. He ha, the one time he bought me flowers, he'd actually picked them off, off of the side of the road. Bless him. But at least he stopped to do that. But like, I was like, what have you done? Why? Why? What have you, so out of character, what have you done? So we've got a, a letter from Francis who says, Dear Liz and Nick, I enjoy your weekly podcast, but spend half of it shouting at my device in the hope you will hear me and believe in yourselves a little more. Please don't be offended. This is advice from a 60-year-old woman who's made all the same mistakes as you, but now has the benefit of hindsight. So Liz, this is your bit. This is, this is where you're, you're being told. She says, Liz, you portray yourself as an independent, ballsy woman. That your self-esteem is so low, you repeatedly allow unworthy men to use and abuse you on your desperate quest to be loved. You always end up compromising, paying for everything, being cheated on, and never treated with the respect you deserve. Returning to past lovers, their exes for very good reasons, and it's a terrible idea. If these men were decent, they wouldn't mind being written about, but have their despicable behaviour catalogue is embarrassing and humiliating, but the perfect revenge for you. You're such a clever woman, you can do so much better. Which is true. I'm afraid your Zoom meeting with an old flame who orders you upstairs to remove your jobpers reeks not of lust, but a man testing how far you will go for him and how much power you will allow him to exert. Run for the hills, surely being alone is preferable. Yeah, but he hadn't had sex for a year, huh? I hadn't had sex for no, a year. No, but she's right, isn't she, though? She's, she is yeah, right. Yeah, it was a bit forward, I think. I think it was very forward. I mean, for Christ's sake, if you want your, if you want your pants down, buy you a glass of wine first. For the love of God. Well, he kept saying he was going to send me a hamper, but it never came. No, so he delivered the Where's goods my and you hamper? never got your hamper. Where's my hamper? I'm sorry, if you, if you want to start interfering with my clothing arrangements, at least buy me dinner. Yeah. So I think, I think she was very good there. I think she summed it up nicely. I got one too. From Francis. From Francis. And she says, I'm not sure Nick's situation is much better. A man half your age must sound appealing, but if he offers nothing, it's just a pair of feet on your coffee table and a sweaty bulking bed. That's almost poetic, isn't it? Sweaty bulking bed. I love that. I love that. Forgive me if he's perfect for you, but that's not what comes across. So she says that she found happiness by rescuing a dog from Portugal. And it's the best thing that's ever happened to her. She doesn't need anyone but him. And the search for men become irrelevant. She's got someone now. She's got an uncomplicated, happy relationship now. And she wishes the same for us. But we're like that, aren't we? Air animals come first before Always. men. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, Zach was the man in my life, wasn't he? And Quincy's the man in my life. My horse and my dog. They come before any, any bloke, any time, ever. But they can be quite jealous as well, can't they, if you're pets? Oh, God, yeah. But it is a first date conversation. If you think you're ever going to come before my horse, you ain't. So if you don't like that, bye-bye. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones' Diary of the Podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review, only good ones, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and mailplus.co.uk. I'll be back next week, but for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.